0: the Pro America Report with Ed Martin on the answer San Diego
1: Welcome welcome it's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report great to be together thank you for taking some time to spend it this evening with us so we've got a lot to cover and uh well a lot happening boy oh boy feels like a lifetime ago uh just one day ago that we were uh wrapping up and talking about Super Tuesday so much since then it's uh Bye-bye Bloomberg, and uh, it looks like Elizabeth Warren is thinking about how to exit stage left, and uh, it's Bernie versus Biden, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. In a few minutes, we'll talk with John Schlafly. Of course, he's got the weekly Schlafly column, but he will uh, opine and comment on most of the day's stories, and uh, we will also, I did a, I was at the White House today, I was at the uh, White House Earlier today, I guess it was in the morning, midday, uh, started the morning, finished just after lunch, for a briefing on the coronavirus. So I'll give you some details on that. It looks like things are uh, under control, although, you know, still a lot to watch. And, uh, and then I'll finish up the show tonight with a very important lesson on what is the most important thing, um, important issue facing the electorate and the candidates this election, especially President Trump. Uh, and that is the issue I'll tell you is immigration. And I'll bring it back around and, and let, let's, let's start with if it really looks like we're going to end up with Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Uh, how's that race play out? And uh, f- honestly, Trump's got to get back to basics. So we'll uh, finish the show with that and uh, we'll go through that. Now, remember, you can always uh, follow what I'm up to and get in touch with me through EdmartinLive.com dot com. EdMartinLive.com. If you go there right now, you have a chance to enter in your email address, and I'll send you a daily email. I call it the What You Need to Know The Wink, the daily wink at 5 a.m. Pacific Time. 8 a.m. East Coast time and everywhere in between, you'll get this. It's a great email. People tell me all the time. It helps them start their day. They focus on a couple of key stories and understand what they need to know. So just go to EdMartinLive.com, sign up there. A lot of times we'll reference, including later on in the show, the work that I do at my day job with the uh, Phyllis Schlafly's Eagle Forum. And so you can go to dot com, and you can uh, find all that stuff, all this work we do there, Updates on things and lots of interesting stuff. Now, earlier today, I was actually in Washington, D.C. to catch up on the, to catch up with and be a part of some of the coverage and, uh, um, and the sort of, um, uh, not just the coverage, but the discussions around the U.S. Supreme Court, because there was an argument, a pro-life argument, on one of the thirty-mile uh, clinic regulation, uh, r- r- thirty-mile rule they call it, a Louisiana Supreme Court case, pro-life case, brought out all the protesters, brought out all the protesters on both sides, and it also brought out Senator Chuck Schumer, and Senator Chuck Schumer stood in front of the United States Supreme Court during the oral arguments which were going on inside the building, on a U.S. Supreme Court case on abortion. And Schumer said, and I'm only paraphrasing because I'm not looking at the text, but he said something like, you know, about Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, the two newest justices, you'll be held to account for what you're doing. You'll you'll see, you'll be held to account and basically pretty close, pretty clearly threatened them. Now, he's since sort of apologized and walked it back, but it was pretty, it's beyond the pale. As Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, my friend said, or said, he wrote on Twitter, you know, I would, if he apologized, I would accept it, but he won't apologize because that's how the left is. And so tomorrow, Josh Hawley said he's going to file a motion of censure, which I hope is taken up and passed. I mean, it's outrageous. Threatening violence on the Supreme Court about abortion while the abortion, one of the abortion cases is being heard. You talk about uh, taking it to another level. Schumer took it way down into the gutter. But here's, coming full circle, what you need to know about what's happening. This is what's the most important thing, and it's going to surprise you a little bit, because I'm going to wrap things up right now and tell you what's going on with the Democrat uh, primary. The desire to beat President Trump... The personal animosity, Bloomberg said yesterday. I, I don't really disagree with much of his policies. I just don't like him. Uh, now, a lot of other people disagree with the policies, including Schumer and others. But the 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 desire to beat President Trump is uniting the Democrats in a way that I don't think we saw necessarily saw coming. And so here's what happened with Joe Biden. Between the South Carolina primary victory four days ago, five days ago on Saturday, but between Saturday when he won Saturday night and Tuesday, I am told it's been reported that Biden received over 70 million dollars of positive media coverage, so-called earned media, by the, you know, the the, the rhapsodizing of the media. And it's true. Bloomberg fumbled his uh, debate a few weeks ago and has been sort of in a tailspin. But the kingmakers of the Democrat Party have decided that they don't have anybody else who can uh, stand up to Bernie and is totally malleable for them. In other words, they can't have Bloomberg because Bloomberg is, is rich and doesn't need them. You know, Remember, this is a, the, the kingmakers, the establishment class in the Democrat Party, they're the people that want to know that they'll have power over the person who's in charge. So if you think about it Biden is a sort of perfect vessel. No one thinks he's particularly smart or strong or he just wants desperately to be present. And so he barely I mean he's barely coherent half the time, but he be, he has become the vessel that the democrat establishment, the kingmakers, the media has decided is is the best they can do. And he will be paired with Camella Harris—that's my prediction—or some other woman, probably a woman of color. So there's only a few. Stacey Abrams is another one that comes to mind. But they'll—they'll they'll try to check all these boxes. But Camella Harris is the one that he will be paired with, and the reason why is because she is she before she quit the race, she received the second most number of super delegate endorsements. In other words, the insiders in the Democrat Party, the the top uh, endorse uh, endorser, endorsee. Was Biden the second one? Was Kamala Harris? That means that the establishment, the Democrats in power, that the people that go in and out of power under the Clintons, under the even under Carter in the past, but certainly under Obama, they go in and out of power. These people want a sure thing who will continue the sort of gravy train of the Democrat, um, um, you know, I- insiders. So Biden is that guy. And it doesn't matter that he's not particularly charismatic. He's not particularly coherent. He's not particularly anything. All he is is a vessel for them to get power. They don't care about principles. They don't care about uh, you know the quality of anything. It's just pure power. And remember that the, the Electoral College, which they complain about, the left complains about, it works to their advantage – In significant ways, and the ways are California, New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, all these places that will not go Republican. And let me finish this segment by talking about this. Bernie Sanders made a bet, a calculated maneuver. His campaign was centered on the fact that he was attractive to lots of young people. But he forgot something that's true in politics, and we'll talk about this a little later, and that is that young people don't vote. And Biden proved that the Democrat Party is a party of lemmings. They'll follow behind where they're told the direction should be. Because Biden offers nothing meaningful. He has no policies that are energetic or exciting. He's just the old Democrat that's been put up there. And the fact is that the Democrats, the left, care more. And I'm talking about the professional left, especially the kingmakers in the Democrat Party. They care most about... Getting back into power. And that's about money. And that's about power over the worst parts of what's destroying the country. When Chuck Schumer stood in front of the Supreme Court today and threatened the lives of two Supreme Court justices, that's what he did, or at least threatened their uh, physical well being. It's because he and his party and his people are desperate to preserve abortion as a right. The killing of babies as a right. They're desperate to protect the, the swamp and the deep state. James Comey said, oh, yeah, I voted for Biden. He said, I had to vote for Biden. He's the one. Of course you did, because you were the people that were doing this under a Democrat, President Obama, and you need protection. So it's Biden now. The kingmakers have spoken. The media supports it, and he will become the nominee. He'll get Kamala Harris next to him. And he will be an empty vessel that they will control with the same people in power, the same in and out. If he wins, he, he he won't win. But I will say this. The united front of the sycophant Democrat Party that will fall in line, including Bernie, he'll fall in line, his people. Plus the media, plus big tech, plus a lot of Wall Street that doesn't actually want to take on China. So they're not happy with Trump. It just became a slugfest. It just became a real slugfest. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going, when we come back, we'll talk with John Schlafly. John Schlafly's weekly column, The Schlafly Report, with his brother Andy Schlafly, runs over at townhall.com uh, each week. It runs, publishes on uh, late Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we'll get an update from him and talk a little bit more about this issue at the Supreme Court and some other things. So we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on Smart Speakers and Radio.com.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here at Pro America Report. A million things happening across this country right now, and we've got to break a few of them down in our short time with John Schlafly. John Schlafly is the uh, uh, co-author of the weekly Schlafly Report, which runs over on townhall.com. He's been one of the leaders of Eagle Forum for uh, decades with his late mother, Phyllis Schlafly. And uh, he is officially, I think, the number one or two uh, Trump fan uh, since back in about July of uh, 2015. I'll go out on a limb there, maybe June, if I don't know, if, if, right when he went down the escalator, if John was on board, but pretty close. Uh, welcome back, John. How are you?
0: I'm fine, Ed. How are you? Good to see you. Yes, it was I'm, June, I'm, June 14th, I believe.
1: Did you go uh, right down when he went down the escalator? You were right along for the ride from right, there?
0: I was right there.
1: Uh, uh <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> I think you were. I really do. I, when they write the history of that, of course, they all speculate when your mother, who was so famous uh, for endorsing Trump and when she did it. But I, I think you were the first uh, among, uh, among all of us at that time. But, John, give us a little breakdown on the uh, Supreme Court today. I did not follow the arguments closely. I was uh, over, I mentioned, at this coronavirus briefing. But you did. And, and what, what do we know about what happened in the Supreme Court and what this case, how it's positioned now? I mean, I know it's reading the, the Supreme Court tea leaves. But that's good sports. So tell us, walk us through it.
0: Well, a couple of the uh, you know we we often see a five to four split in the Supreme Court, but among the five Republican appointees, uh, at least two or three of them didn't really tip their hands. So we don't know how it's going to come out. But uh, the question is, one question is whether the court is finally going to stop the ability of abortion clinics to pretend like they can represent the interests of their customers, their clients, their patients, their victims, I would say, the women who seek abortion, because they don't have the same interests. And that's being argued really very strongly for the first time. That, uh, you know, the court has said, as everyone knows, Roe versus Wade, that uh, women have a constitutional right of privacy with regard to their pregnancy, but these businesses that prey on women and provide um, what they consider health care, I don't, I don't regard it as health care, uh, but they do, should not have the right to, they have the, do not have the constitutional right. And the Supreme Court is considering, you know, whether they're going to reject uh, abortion clinics for pretending that they represent the interests of the women who come to see them. Uh, and that would be an important limitation Important limitation if they do. And we do know that Justice Alito is, is uh, very high on this principle, very hot on it. He questioned the abortion clinic very aggressively on that point. So we don't really know how he's going to come down, but we're not sure about the others.
1: Yeah. I was at a, a, a lunch right after and I saw Clark Forsyth who's one of the, I guess he's senior counsel at American Society for Life and he's the author of a book. In fact, someone came up to him and said, I read this book, uh, Mr. Forsyth. It was so good. It's called Abuse of Discretion, the inside story of Roe v. Wade where he got all the notes um, from the clerks and the court uh, chambers from back. It was finally allowed to be viewed a few years ago and he wrote this book in I think 2013. It's extraordinary on the inside. He, he told me, uh, uh, John, that he thought elite. Uh, was so hot on that as you pointed out, and he wondered. Then he was speculating. You know, would if Roberts goes with that uh, position, then does he let Alito write that? You know, and that, that could be a that could be a, a sort of monumental decision that doesn't quite it doesn't quite get to the heart of the, the Roe v. Wade at all, but would dramatically change sort of the 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 way these things are, are, are fought about. Um, John, what was your what's your reaction to Chuck Schumer on the steps of the court? You you again you well, I should have said you yourself are a lawyer. Uh, and uh, in fact have an advanced uh, degree in, uh, in in LLM and and have seen a lot, uh, been involved in amicus briefs before the court and all what was your, is it politics as usual, is it beyond the pale, what's your sense?
0: Well the Chief Justice called him out on it which is that's unusual in itself because John Roberts is a very mild-mannered individual who gets along with everyone we saw him preside over the impeachment he did it superbly uh But it was too much for John Roberts, and he issued a statement uh, really, you know, calling Schumer to test. Schumer went to the the plaza in front of the Supreme Court building and basically said, you know, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, we're coming after you. Those are the two Trump nominees if you vote wrong on the abortion case. And that was a horrible thing to say, disgraceful, dangerous thing to say, as the chief justice said.
1: Well, and, and and it was it was even more. It wasn't it wasn't even like in a rally in in New York where he's running. It was on the steps of the courthouse while they were arguing the case. I mean, if you had pulled that off, if you just change the facts a little bit and say, uh, what if it was the you know senator and he was in front of the courthouse while a defendant in a corruption case was being tried and the jury heard it right? I mean, it, you know, it was clearly meant uh, to. Have an effect at that moment in that place. Whether you can, whether I can read his mind and say it was intended to intimidate, I don't know. But it certainly had the uh, appearance of the kind of thing you do to give people pause to do what they're going to do. I'm not sure, by the way, John, that I would have uh, recommended that Roberts respond because he elevated it, uh, and he now he's elevated it into a five to four fight. Maybe it was going to be always. I don't know. I, I will. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Now, John, you and you and Andy write this column. Every week, and you're usually sort of ahead of the curve. It's a little—I mean, your mother probably batted about nine nine hundred. You know, nine out of ten, she got ahead of the curve. You and he, you and Andy, you go about three hundred right now, maybe four hundred. But this one, by the time it published, it feels like it was uh, out of date, right? I mean, is Bernie Sanders yesterday's news, or how do you? Your, your, your column this week is on the Bernie scaring uh, the Democrats uh, straight. Maybe, maybe you were predicting what would happen. Uh, well, but is I think it- we were what's, predicting. What's- I
0: think it was a successful prediction. You know when you. Your prediction is so successful, you don't get credit for it, because everyone, uh, you know. but And that's what happened. The 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 way the Democratic establishment, as if somebody rang a bell or flipped a switch, they all united to stop Bernie. It really was shocking. We've never seen anything like that that happened overnight. And and uh, even Michael Bloomberg is the latest one. You know, the only holdout, I guess, is Tulsi Gabbard. But uh, every other every other Democrat basically lined up and said, "Okay, we go with uh, Joe Biden." Now, yeah. Now, Joe, I don't think he has it in him to really go the distance, uh, Ed. But uh, so he's riding high for the moment, and you know he's taking his victory lap. But uh, honestly, I don't think it's going to work. But we'll see. Well, you know.
1: It, it yeah, no, I mean, I, he he doesn't look well, but I mean, as you and I were exchanging, uh, I don't know, uh, texts or emails uh, earlier today, uh, my feeling is the Democrat kingmakers had to get somebody there safe that they knew was malleable, was in the system, was in the swamp, you know, was, was, you know, small C corrupt, maybe capital C corrupt in the same way they all are, you know, the family's all in the payroll and been all over. And so he's not going to really rock the boat. And then I think the number two is where you're going to see that I'm predicting it's Kamala Harris. And I think that's who they really expect to be president within six months. I think you can, when you see Joe Biden, uh, speak. Sometimes I think you could probably do a cognitive test on him now and make an argument that he's you know ready to take a break. I mean, I really do. I think that's really true. But John, what happens to the Bernie Bros? I mean, what happens to the 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 sort of uh, progressives? You know, when the kingmakers used to ice out the grassroots conservatives, they would count on them coming home. Uh, you know, in the Republican, we're talking Republican Party. Back when your mother and the, the Goldwater days and other times, they'd say, "Well, you may not love Nixon, you may not love, but you'll come home because you're you're Republicans and conservatives. You're not going to vote for a liberal Democrat." Can the Bernie? Bro- can the Democrats count on the Bernie Bros coming back?
0: Well, it kind of depends on Bernie himself. Does Bernie Sanders himself keep fighting? Maybe the establishment will get to him. Uh, you know, he's the last one. Uh, out there really and uh you know now that Bernie Sanders is himself a multimillionaire, uh maybe he can be peeled off by the big boys. We'll see. He's 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 has a good he's had a good run as the uh basically, you know, the the uh the crazy uh the pied mean, of the left. But yeah, uh yeah. he may be thinking about might have a comfortable retirement himself. So we'll see what happens.
1: Well, and John, you've been uh, bad mouthing and mocking uh, Joe Biden's age uh, for a a few hours now. And uh, but let me just say this to you. Um, If you put a Joe Biden, remember, every no matter what a ham sandwich on the Democrat line for president gets 200 and what, say, I don't know, 40, 200 and uh, what, what number of electoral? You get New York, you get New Jersey, California. I just don't think you're going to uh, any of those are ever going to flip right now. So you get that, well, you get that position. And then Joe Biden goes into uh, Pennsylvania and they say, oh, everybody knows Uncle Joe. You know, I'm one of those old cr- curmudgeon guys. And we just got to stop that Trump guy. I, I think all of a sudden, you know, Hillary was one of the most unlikable candidates and she almost won. So why can't Biden, who is at least moderately more likable, why can't he win?
0: Well, um, you know, that's, that's true. The Democratic establishment was able to put their people in his organization. They can staff the administration. And uh, they may say, well, um, you know, that's OK. Uh, Joe will be the front man and we'll run the government. I think a lot of them are yeah. thinking that way right now. That they've brought him to this point right now in the Democratic primary process. Why not keep going? That's what they're thinking. Well...
1: Uh- and, and and again my thing would be um you know uh politics like gravity you know has certain things that happen and you you know it looks like bernie sanders had huge turnout uh, excuse me biden with african americans if they come you know home to the democrat party and all and suddenly biden is saying i'll be sticking up for your medicare i'm glad i stopped that medicare for all crazy bernie i'm here for you old timers uh, you know i'm i'm going to fight for working men and women i mean i it, i'm not saying it's true but I'm saying elections are decided on a lot less than what's true. I mean, I, I, I think Biden is actually... I worry a little bit more about Biden than I expected to today. Maybe I'm just uh, tired. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh it really got me though. Last night, uh, uh, he was having his victory speech, and he was assaulted by a rampaging, yeah. violent <laughs> vegan who said, "Stop the dairy industry! We got to, we've got to, we got to stop dairy in this country." So, I mean, my goodness! I mean, you know, I don't think Trump would put up with that. Uh, no, you, I mean, got, stood you got to use your and, and we need to yeah. stand up for dairy. It's, yeah. it's it's sad enough that the dairy industry is on hard times economically, but that's one of the great things of our country: milk yeah. and milk products.
1: Um, I well, mean, come on, you got to come around. I'm, I'm giving you as much time as I can to get to your great line. What was that line you used earlier? The about blessed are the cheesemakers. There it is. The, I just found it.
0: Blessed <laughs> are the cheesemakers. Yes.
1: <laughs> there it is, John Schlafly, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, blessed are the cheesemakers. That kind of insight is available at phyllisschlafly.com, where all of Andy and John's columns are archived. All right, John, thank you. We'll keep you. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll. Uh, I'm going to go up and have a cheese sandwich actually before bed. So, uh, all right, John Schlafly, everybody. We'll uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll get you that coronavirus update I had today with Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, and I, and a uh, handful of people, including Dan Bongino. That was pretty cool to meet him. And uh, I'll fill you in on the coronavirus right after this break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back.
0: FM 96.1. North County. AM 1170. San Diego. The Answer. The Pro America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer. San Diego.
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Uh, great uh, to be with you tonight. So much interesting stuff going on. Well, I want to tell you an important... I want to give you an important update on the coronavirus and the handling of it by the Trump administration. I I was... um Texted, uh, got a text yesterday inviting me to go by the White House uh, today uh, to get a briefing on this subject. And I had expressed my interest in this topic to one of the White House uh, press offices. I knew they had a lot of information going out, and they were sending me some stuff. But I got this text, and I wrote back, "I said sure." And it was uh, an off-the-record briefing, um, which means I can only talk about uh, generally what I know from it, and not give any quotes or anything. But um, but let me walk you through. Well, let me tell you a story real quick. I've told you many of my listeners know that um, uh, I was chief of staff to the governor of Missouri many years ago, about 10 years ago now. And when I got that job, I did what I often encourage people to do when they get a new job, which is uh, find someone who has this has had a similar job and ask them their advice. Um, It's always good. People always want to give you their advice. So I called around the country, and I said to people who were either governors, chiefs of staff, or her former chiefs of staff, um, and I called uh, a guy named Rich McClure, who was chief of staff under John Ashcroft when he was governor of Missouri. Uh, I called Greg Hartley, who I think he was chief of staff under Congressman Roy Blunt. I called Scott Jensen, who was the chief of staff under uh, Wisconsin Governor Tommy Thompson, and I got all sorts of advice from people, and it was very helpful. But one of the bits of advice that I think I got either from Hartley or Scott Jensen was You're going to be faced with something you couldn't ever foresee happening, and how you handle it is going to be important, but how it looks... And how it feels to the people will be as important. And the example I had in my time there was if the Missouri or the Mississippi River flooded. You can't predict, you can can guess that it might happen during a four-year term, but you can't know, or a tornado, or an earthquake. Uh, Missouri is on the New Madrid Fault. And so anyway, I got briefed on all these um, contingencies so that I was ready for it, but As Scott Jensen or Hartley said, it's not just being ready, you have to be ready and put all the resources into play, but how it looks and feels to people matters. And I think the Trump administration on the coronavirus has been uh, trying to make sure they strike the right note. And let me tell you, all they have against them is every bit of the media that wants to cover every aspect of it like it was a failure, For example, when the president said, I'm going to put Mike Pence in charge, the media said, oh, this is outrageous. He's not good enough at this. He didn't do it as governor. He didn't do this or that other thing. When the real message should have been, what we're saying is it's such a big deal. I'm putting the one guy on this who, if he calls you, would you have to answer? In other words, because if you put it, if President Trump put, you know, um, one of his uh, deputy chief of staff, or even his chief of staff, or put it, the cabinet secretary, they would have some clout. Nobody has clout like Mike Pence. So anyway, the, my point is, the media really is against. They want this to be. I agree with uh, you know the, the people that have been out on the out there, including Don Jr. was very dramatic about it. But I, it feels like the Democrats in the media are rooting. They're rooting for a pandemic. So, but here's the thing. So it turns out that my briefing this morning, or early this morning into the afternoon, was actually with Mike Pence and a, f- a handful of others, uh, including. And Mike Pence was very impressive in the meeting. Very, it was only about ten of us, eight or nine of us, including um, his chief of staff, a guy named Mark Short, who was very impressive. He stayed after to talk more, uh, but. Mike Pence was very impressive. But re- even more important, he had this doctor, um, Deborah Burks, who is the um, he's she's the, a infectious disease doctor. And she was very, very good. And I said afterwards to Mark Short, she needs to be on TV more. You know, she like Fauci, like Dr. Fauci. And they talked about this and they basically said, look, here's the steps that were already taken. Unprecedented steps. You know, in January, President Trump stopped all travel from China. He was criticized for it. They said, "Oh, you're being over overreacting." He also, I didn't know this, quarantined anyone coming from places where there was any suspect. All the people that were quarant that were on those cruise ships quarantined. So, if you look at the trajectory of the, the spread of the disease, it um, America, we were spared by weeks and maybe two months because of the actions. But then, more importantly. We now know at this point that it is a coronavirus. There's been like 20 coronaviruses. This is a particular one. It appears to spread more easily than some, but it's not clear yet that it's more deadly. It's still deadly. People die from it. They die from the flu every year, too. And so, the, but the great thing I saw, and I, what I was, uh, you know, really pleased about, was uh, Pence used the phrase. He said, "It's not an all government problem; it's an all America problem." And he had, you know, 3M announced that they're going to start print, uh, start producing 35 million masks starting next week, th- a week, 35 million a week, every week. So, people, if that, if you want a mask, if you think it helps, it maybe it helps. You can have, you can get them. We're not going to be out of them. He said that earlier in the day, they had all the nursing home, the big nursing home provider chains and associations. And they said, look, guys, we're changing your rules. We're demanding that you make some steps to do not just to protect uh, our seniors, because it looks like the coronavirus is, for obvious reasons, more uh, deadly for seniors. But we're also we're, we're getting we're going to create uh, we're going to make it so our inspectors, for example, that go out and inspect are going to focus on what we know will prevent the disease. So we're kind of shaping how people are. Are deciding uh what's happening and it was all very positive other steps that uh, they were taking including on uh, on transportation uh on the hospital system anyway my point is you you, you had to come away impressed i did of the the seriousness of purpose that they had brought to bear on this we don't know yet how bad it is we don't know exactly what is happening. That's part of the process. Oh, another thing. Here's one that's just absolutely actually a killer. Uh, Obama in his vast effort to increase the power and scope of government, he made it so that all state-level labs, testing labs that are testing, you know, vaccines and everything, would become would come under the FDA. Which means they have to operate on all these federal regulations that are much more uh, burdensome and much more cumbersome. Well, on the, I think it was Saturday, Donald Trump took care of that. He got rid of that by an emergency rule, got rid of it and said, look, if you're at, in Massachusetts at one of the big institutions up there and it's a state lab, go for it. Go for it. Try to figure out as fast as we can. Here's my prediction for you. And it's because I sat across, you know, five feet from uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, and this doctor, uh, this doctor named uh, Burks, uh, Deborah Burks. Here's my prediction: when this is all said and done, there will be some people that suffer. A lot of people will get the flu, get the coronavirus type flu. Some people will be it, it'll be deadly. But but we, we can do things to to protect people, and we will. But here's my prediction: my prediction is that this is going to be an opportunity for us to see how successful our health care system from top to bottom can be not just prescription drugs are too high i'm i hear you but how does the system work i'm reminded my wife who as many of you also know is an internal medicine doctor she is um she was at work she was at one of the hospitals she sometimes works uh, geriatrics consulting a shift role a shift work she was there yesterday and there was a woman in the hospital who said my husband hurt himself in the canary islands uh, some sort of muscle problem or something it was but he had to spend a week in the hospital 81 year old man in the Canary Islands, which I guess is the Spanish health system. I might be getting that wrong, but here's what a woman said to my wife. This 80-year-old woman said, I just spent a, a week in the Canary Islands in the Spanish health system, and I've been in this hospital in, in Northern Virginia for two or three days. When If anyone ever wants to complain about the American health system, tell them to call me. And my point here is my, my prediction is with Pence, with his Dr. Burks, with some of these other voices that what we're going to end up with at the end of this is we're going to have the experience of saying, well, we had a challenge. We addressed it, but we also saw firsthand how incredibly capable our healthcare system is to address problems like this. Because in China, what they had to do was they had to build a hospital in one day because they didn't have hospitals. Well, we have plenty of hospitals. We have plenty of of, of caregivers. We'll have plenty of masks. We'll have plenty of respirators. We will have plenty of everything to do the very best we can to protect our people. And I think that that's actually, you know, uh, Rahm Emanuel famously said, never let a good crisis go to waste or however he said it, you know, talking about using. But in this case, this crisis will be an opportunity for our nation to see how successful our health care system can be. I'm not saying it's perfect. There's all sorts of aspects of it. But when you have the ability to lead on this like the president does and like he's doing putting the full force of government as well as the nation. I, I walked in the White House today, and, and, and in the meeting ahead of me was all the big airlines. And they were talking about, what are we doing? How do we do it? Now, of course, they want to get things back on track for their, uh, for their tourism, but, but there they were. And that's the bully pulpit, right? That's the bully pulpit that gives you an opportunity to both educate the people on how to be safer, how to be careful, how to not panic, how to take down the temperature of what's going on, stop watching CNN where they get you all ramped up. But also to understand, hey, this is a pretty good system. There's pretty good people in here. There's people that figure out, this Dr. Burks was so impressive, that figure out how this system works. And it's 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 a pretty darn great system. That's what I think you're going to learn out of this. But it was impressive, and so we'll talk more about that. I'll get some more. Uh, I will get some more briefings and some things from the folks at the White House as we go. So it's very helpful. I appreciate very much the chance to get some of that information. All right, we will take a quick break. When we come back, I will uh, explain to you. It's very important how the number one issue. Still the number one issue in the election is even more important because it looks like Biden is surging. Uh, we'll come right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back.
0: Streaming now at the diego.com and radio.com. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report. On the Answer San
1: Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Uh, boy, we had a great time last night in, um, in at the um, the live coverage of uh, Super Tuesday. Uh, thank you, as always, to all of our technical team. Todd, Noah, uh, so many folks that made it uh, work, and especially my great co-host, Andrea Kay. Enjoyed that. Go to The Answer San Diego. You can find the show as a podcast. You check it out. Uh, really helpful stuff. One problem with it is we finished um, at just about, I think we finished at 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time, and so the polls were just closing, and we didn't get a full breakdown at the end. I hope you heard what I said at the beginning of this program. If you didn't, again, go find the show as a podcast. You can go to theanswersandiego.com. You can go to edmartinlive.com. You'll see it there, and go where where iTunes and Google Play and all that. Um, by the way, go to edmartinlive.com right now and sign up for my newsletter. Every morning, 5 a.m. Pacific time, you get the What You Need to Know, the wink, and, co- and, and I get... Articles for you that I pull out during the day and the night—it's fantastic. People tell me all the time now that it's really helpful that they get it first thing in their email box. Uh, when, <coughs> pardon me when they get up. So, but here's the thing: I want to clarify for you something that's very, very important. This is probably the most important thing. You heard my analysis early on in the um, program today about why Joe Biden is the is surging, what it means, and how it's going to go forward. Here, here's what I want to tell you. One of the things uh, in politics that you learn when you're a candidate, and as you know, I was a candidate for Congress in 2010. I was the attorney general nominee for the Republican Party in 2012 in Missouri. Um, I've been a candidate for a supervisor, board of supervisors in my little town up here in uh, Northern Virginia. I like running. I don't mind losing. And and you learn a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't want to lose, of course, but you learn a lot. When you've been a candidate, you learn how politics works. You learn how campaigns work. You learn how candidates respond. But you also learn what's true and what's jive and a lot of political consultants will sell you jive they get paid if you pay them for jive they're still getting paid so they'll come in and say oh what you really need to do is you're you're running for congress and you only have a five hundred thousand dollars and but what you need to do is spend a two hundred and twenty thousand dollars on one tv ad it'll really change the race you say oh wow man i worked really hard i'll run a tv it's a waste of time because you learn how many times you need to see a TV ad and what you need in your market, all these kinds of things. Anyway, there's lots of examples of that. Uh, some examples are yard signs. People say, I've got yard signs. Yard signs, in my experience, don't move a lot of votes. They move uh, people's attention, but you have to do it as a piece of what you're doing, not because they move votes. Anyway, these are examples. But there's also rules of politics, and one rule in politics is young people don't vote. By percentage, we have voluntary voting. You don't have to vote. If you live in Australia, you have to vote or you pay a fine. So they get about 95% uh, participation, which means lots of young people who are not usually very well informed, sort of low information voters. They're not really very wise yet. We say respect your elders because we believe you get wiser as you get older. They go out and vote in Australia, and it's a big deal. In America, everybody says, oh, if we just talk to the young people about the issues they care about, they'll be be motivated. Bernie Sanders said, I got a model. All these young people love me. They think I'm right, except they don't vote. They just don't get out and vote by percentage. You know who votes? Well, who votes more than 25-year-olds, 35-year-olds? Who votes more than 35-year-olds, 45-year-olds? Who votes more than 45-year-olds, 55 and older? And so what you saw on a Tuesday, a Super Tuesday, was all the young people that Bernie was going to have save him didn't come out. And here's what I want to tell you. That's just a fact of like, gravity in politics. Here's another truth in politics, I think. African-Americans are going to fall in line with the Democrat Party. I've been saying how interesting it is that President Trump does so many things for so many people, how he lifts all boats. But I think the Trump campaign is missing that fact of life. That ultimately, it didn't matter that Joe Biden was not particularly, you know, in some ways, Bernie Sanders promised more for the African-American community. They didn't vote for him. They voted for the Democrat standard bearer that was supposed to be who they voted for. That's how that works. That's how that works. And this is my point on this, and I've got to wrap it up. We're running out of time. One fact of life is that young people don't vote. Another fact of life is certain groups vote Democrat, and that's life. And here's the other important thing. This is what you sort of need to know out of this is the issue that transformed Trump's election for him, made him a candidate for him, that put him to the front for him. One issue. And the issue is immigration. Build the wall. And in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, the places where he had to win, that was an issue that pulled people toward him that were otherwise usually going to go and vote Democrat, union workers, some, or, you know, old, the ethnic, you know, uh, Irish Catholic, German Catholics. But a lot of Americans, they said, I, I'm sick of the country not having the rule of law. I'm telling you, you better not be banking, if you're the Trump campaign, on changing the, 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 the laws of gravity. They are what they are. But the one thing that changed the law of gravity in the last five years was the immigration issue. It just was. Build the wall. And I think he's got to get back to that. All right, we've got to run. We've got to run. Thank you for listening. It's Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Thank you to know our technical director, Joanna, our producer. Thank you all. We'll be back tomorrow night. Great to be with you. Go to The Answer San Diego to find out more. Again, Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Have a great night. <laughs>